Hello and welcome to the bonus episode of the Heart of Markness Classic Rock Podcast. And the topic today, because God makes fools of us all, a new Mike Millard master tape, which is excellent, opening for Emerson Lake and Palmer on August 14th, 1977, Journey. The band just last week I said I would never cover because I hate them. This is when I was talking about why I didn't share the Kansas tape, which is for the same reason, but a much lesser degree. Um, So here I am, kaboom. Maybe the gods conspired. Maybe it's just serendipity. uh, Coincidence. Synchronicity. Maybe the Gems tape group listened to the podcast and said, you know what would be funny? He hates Journey. Give him Journey since he didn't share Kansas. Um, But I'm sharing it. Why? The biggest reason is because it's pre-Steve Perry and Jonathan Cain journey. It's back when they were still, uh, they were oozing out of the genre, but they were still a prog band. Kind of like Genesis on the Duke tour, which was also a Millard tape. Uh, They were still a prog band, but they were definitely slouching towards radio-friendly hits. And when... um, Greg Raleigh left, and Jonathan Cain took over keyboard duties, and Steve Perry came on board. Journey definitely skewed hits-oriented, and uh, it they made music that I, I, I actively, actively, viscerally dislike. And I've really examined myself to figure out why that is. If it's just an ego thing of, like, I never liked Journey, I'm never gonna like Journey, fuck them. Um, I don't think so. I think on one hand, it's kind of, I'm kind of, um, put off by the McDonaldization of these great musicians because Neil Sean and Greg Raleigh came from Santana. Russ Valerie was no slouch on bass. Uh, Ainsley Dunbar on drums. He left the band shortly after Steve Perry came on board. Because he was like, yeah, this isn't, I'm not playing for, you know, lover boy. So I'm out. But I mean, these are, these are, these guys have chops and these guys have provenance. And it's almost, and I don't like Steve Perry's voice. I don't. It's wonderful. It's powerful. I just don't, I, it's just, it does the opposite of, of thrill me. So why are you doing this, Mark? Well, like I said. This is just before Steve Perry joined the band. And um, and this, this is the ultimate reason that made the tipping point of my decision, is that this show in August of 77 features a recording from the very, very, very brief, less than a year time when Robert Fleischman was the singer for Journey. I had never even known that. So, if nothing else, this is huge. This has got to be a huge recording and a huge win for Journey fans because it's a really neat little slice into a very, very narrow, a very, very narrow uh, avenue of the band's time in which they had a different singer. They had a different singer. And he actually wrote or co-wrote some of the hits that were on their next album with Steve Perry, Wheel in the Sky and um, 
things like that. He's a co-writer on, but man, he, uh, I had never, that, that, that's what tipped me over. It's like, okay, well I got to share this then. Cause people are going to lose their minds in the journey fandom. First of all, not only because they're getting a, an unbelievably good Mike Millard master capture of this band in 1977, but the caliber of musicianship is, is really top notch. Ainsley Dunbar went on to, um, I mean, he, he played with Zappa. He's played with John Mayall. He's played with um, White Snake, Journey, of course, for for the first few albums. I think from seventy four through seventy eight or something like that. Um, he's a top shelf prog musician. And then Neil Sean, of course, coming from Santana, and he was kind of Neil Sean's kind of a wonderkind because he was just born in in fifty uh, four, and he joined Santana in seventy one. So 17 years old, he's in Santana, and then here he is, 23 years old. He's from Santana and already three albums, four albums deep into Journey at this point. And he's 23. Impressive. Impressive. And I guess that's it. I guess it just doesn't sell it. I don't like that easing the prog musicians, top shelf musicians cranking out. Um, cranking out radio-friendly hits for the sake of cranking out radio-friendly hits and making money. It just it, it rubs me the wrong way. It's what I don't like about, you know, Genesis in the 80s when they were huge. Journey in the 80s when they were huge. Um, the era of supergroups. Asia. You've got, you know, Steve Howe from Yes. John Wetton from King Fucking Crimson. And Carl Palmer from Emerson, Lake and Palmer cranking out what overproduced radio hits. And um, even the firm falls into that. It's one of those things on paper, incredible musicians all across the board. But is anything that the firm put out as good as even middle of the road Zeppelin or bad company or free content? Maybe some of it. I mean, it's not bad. Like It wasn't a bad band, and I'm going to play more of it. But, oh, this really grinds my gears. Okay, I'm going to shut up because none of you care about that because this is a good band, and the musicianship is top-notch. I listened to this whole show because it's a very short set. A, because uh, Mike Millard showed up late, which he always did, so you, we missed the first song played, which was Kahootek off their first album. But uh, also because they're just they're an opening act, so they get a shorter they get a shorter uh, time frame. It's really good. The capture is really good. The band is really good, and um, I enjoyed this recording. It's not something that I would go back to. I don't think it's not something that's going to be like you know what I should do. I should listen to Early Journey. It doesn't fill a hole in my soul. But I really enjoyed hearing it and hearing it, you know, for the first time, the only time, maybe um, it made me happy. And it's like, OK, this is a this is a fun band, really good musicians playing around. Neil Sean, exceptional guitarist, Ainsley Dunbar, great on drums. These are great, great musicians. And you get to hear that. And it's going to be a fairly short podcast if I myself can rein it in and not babble 
over justifying a band that a week ago I'm like, this will never be smirch the name of Heart of Markness. You will rule the day. And then I'll, you know, flip flop next week. It's like, hey, everybody, here's some Journey. Um, that's why I'm doing it. it. It's historically important for Journey fans because Robert Fleischman, one of his only gigs that are recorded that I know of or that I've read of since I never heard of the guy. Um, but also a great, great, great recording of a band that um, it's worth hearing. This is before the hits, where the songs are really badass. So I hope you enjoy it. We're going to start with... Oh, you know what I should start with? Let me read you the set list that is on the tape. It's a short recording. Um, It starts in the middle of... And again, let me go through with this. uh, August 14th, 1977, Long Beach Arena, opening for ELP. And it's a master tape. It's not a first-gen released by the Gems Group, All Hail, from St. Michael Millard. It starts up uh, kind of at the tail end, very end of of a lifetime. Mrs. Kahootek, which was uh, supposedly the first song in the set. Second song is She Makes Me Feel All Right. Third is Look Into the Future. Four, On a Saturday Night. Five is It's All Too Much, the Beatles song, the George Harrison song. And then going into uh, Ainsley Ainsley Dunbar's drum solo and then the last track is neil sean's guitar solo which is killer into you're on your own so not much to pick from so i just picked what i listened to the whole thing and just picked what i like the most kind of like what i always do or what i always try to do especially if i'm not really well versed in the band all right friends let's listen to she makes me feel all right that'll be the first one we'll listen to She makes me feel all right. August 14th, 1977, Heart of Markness. You're what I'm saying, you're losing touch of 
song off our second album is the title track, and it's called Look Into the Future. I let the uh, intersong audience noise and, you know, the singer singing, you know, speaking to the audience. I didn't edit that out at the end like I usually do because the next song I'm going to play for you is the next song that he's referring to. So it will be kind of a, of a flow, even though I, I interrupt it, um, which is looking to the future. And it is a jam. I mean, this is the one thing. When I heard that song, the first song, the one you just heard, she makes you feel all right. I'm like, this is Journey. I mean, it's not It's not going to reinvent the wheel. It's not going to change the world, but it is, it is very, very good. It is very, very good. It rocks. It rocks. Unlike a, you know, um, it, it kind of made me think of, of Thin Lizzy in a way. Of being really, really good, really, really good, and um, in that same group, maybe Montrose, something like that. I can't, I don't know. Good rock and roll, and Neil Sean, incredible guitarist, shreds, shreds. Ainsley Dunbar definitely gave him a heavier sound, some more gravitas when Steve Smith came on board. Ah, uh, Steve Smith, great drummer, great jazz drummer. Um, went to Berkeley, I believe and great jazz drummer but they were they were oozing into um songs for girls to cry to and slow dance to and faithfully great song i mean it's a great song it's great to have those ballads but to be pretty much like a play-doh fun factory of just ballads and kind of poppy nutritionally vacant rockers. I don't know. Didn't do it for me. That whole journey, Ario Speedwagon, Kansas, oozing into um, those groups that, that shattered and, and went after it. Like the, the, I keep wanting to say bad English, but I don't think it's a, that's it. Bad religion. One's bad English, which is the band of fuckheads from other bands of the 70s and one is a punk band and I can't remember which is which so anyway anywho doesn't matter doesn't matter it just doesn't matter remember Meatballs 1981 Woody it it just doesn't matter alright friends since it does matter we are going to hear look into the future and this is badass this, this was enjoyable I mean, it's all been enjoyable, surprisingly so, but this is really cool. And Mike Millard hit the sweet spot, fifth row, center, and just got a great capture of a great band on a great night. Did you just say Journey is great after shitting on him for half an hour? First of all, it was 16 minutes, including a song. And second of all, yeah, this Journey is real good. Would they have become the legendary, oh my God, one of the biggest bands of all time? Had they not grabbed Steve Perry and just said, you know what? If we sell out, we could all be living pretty forever rather than doing well. So, I mean, I get it. I get it. Would I have done the same thing? Probably. 
<laughs> but I never even got close to having that opportunity. So I guess I should shut up. These guys are fine. I just don't like them. All right. Here we go, friends. Sorry for babbling so much and being all over the road. Look into the future. It is Saturday evening, so I am... I am in a relaxed state of mind and feeling pretty groovy. All right. For the 800th time, because I honestly cannot retain <laughs> the name of the song for the time it takes for me to look at it and then go hit record. Look into the future. Look into the future. Look into the future, Mark. I can't. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, look into the future. August 14th, 1977. Heart of Markness. Journey.
that was good. It was also the first third of the song to me sounded like like Leonard Skinner almost. I'm like, isn't this a Leonard Skinner song? And then at the last third of the song kind of sounded like um, the fade out jam at the end of the Cheech and Chong song, Back- Basketball Jones, which is not a dig at the band because that, that is a session. Basketball Jones had a bunch of really great musicians on it, like Carol King and George Harrison. Um, Klaus Vorman was on it. And it's just musically, it just that's that's what it reminded me of. It was, it was really good, and it was also the whole time. It's like, oh yeah, this does sound like Journey, but Journey before it kind of went rogue, or, or went dark side. It was enjoyable. I hope you liked it as well. If you did not, press seven. To speak to an agent, press nine. All right, we've got one more to go through. We can do this, people. We got this. We got this. All right. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, let me do my thing. Let me do my thing, which is saying where you can find me on the interwebs, which is a Twitter, Heart of Markness, Facebook, Heart of Markness. There's a Facebook group I have that... um about a hundred folks who are wonderful, wonderful people. And uh, if you like classic rock and Led Zeppelin, especially, it's a good place to hang out, make friends. And it's a great place to ask like, hey, does anybody have this show? Has anybody heard of this? It, it, it's it's a resource is what I'm saying. Avail yourself. Avail yourself. Use my resource. I'm also on YouTube. Where... I mean, it's just the audio podcast. You're not, there's not like a video of me doing this because trust me, it's not interesting. But uh, yeah, YouTube and uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening to, obviously. And a website, heartofmarkness.com, which is where you can find the complete shows that I, that I feature. So you'll be able to go to heartofmarkness.com and find this whole set, the entire Millard tape, not just the songs I played, and download it for free. Because that's what this music is meant to be. It's meant to be freely shared and distributed. Not bootlegged, not sold for profit, just here. That's what Mike Millard did. He traded. You know, he didn't distribute it freely, because it was it, he it was really valuable currency, his recordings. But he did trade it fairly, and he traded it with other people who were like, here, I have this. And that's how it should be. It's a really neat subculture to the music, to the music culture. And it's it's crucial. And um, it's remarkably crucial and vital to the soul of humanity. <laughs> because that journey, that, that journey song that was only played once, that one night it was captured. Those people heard it, those musicians played it, and then it was gone. Except for people like Mike Millard who record it, and people like Mike Millard who go to the trouble of putting together legendary taping rigs to record them in pristine quality, so that now and forever people can listen to it and relive that experience. I think it's neato, as I've said before. Um, if you like what I do, 
and how I do it, which is kind of tight but loose. It's uh, looser tonight, but it's Saturday night, so you guys know how I do. You may become a patron of the Heart of Markness and become one of the titans upon whose shoulders rests this podcast. All praise go to the patrons. All blame goes to this fella. So here are the names of the titans currently. A laurel and hearty handshake to Chris, Michael, Rob from Melbourne, Australia, Wayne, Brad, Danielle, Tracy, David, Peter, Mark, other David, Bonzo, Billy, and of course, Mimo, who's been a patron since I started January of this year. Thank you, Mimo. I love you. Oh, I should do something for you. I will. I I will do something for you. I say it now, so within 170 days, I will do something for you. Thank you. All right, back to our regularly scheduled content. We're going to finish up with the Neil Sean guitar solo, which is rad because the dude can shred. And then they finished off their set with You're On Your Own. Alrighty, friends, I hope you're enjoying this, and I will be back in a few moments.
You're very welcome, young man. Well, there you have it. Kind of psychedelic, kind of proggy, kind of Beatles-y. Journey. Ugh, sorry. Not the band. That was just my horrible little wordplay there. Um, That was good. I think one of the things that made me turn against Journey, I've been reflecting, is um, when Jonathan Cain joined the band on the keyboards there and Greg Raleigh left, it went from having a, a Hammond organ electric piano keyboard player to having a, a synth player which makes it sound a little, you know, more 80s and, and a little cheesy to me in a way. I'm not a big synth guy as far as just like, gotta have one in the band. Um, I mean, I guess you do, but anywho, um, that was kind of neat. Put it, put, put Journey in a different light for me. That was rad. That was a kick-ass band, especially when uh, with Neil and uh, Ainsley cutting loose. Both shredding. Ainsley Dunbar just going crazy on the drums. And uh, that was cool. I enjoyed it. All right. Well, uh, apologies to any Journey fans who are are put off by the things I've said. Truly, nothing against you. I know when people when people uh, shit on Led Zeppelin or Jimmy Page, even if they're right, um, it still pisses me off and makes me want to kill everybody on Earth. So, apologies. They're a top-notch band, without without question. Musically, they're rad. Neil Sean can play. I liked him. I guess I could say I liked Ansley Dunbar, Greg Rawley-era Journey, but I really dislike the the later era where they were super popular. So there. Thank you very much, Erwan. Um, like I said, you could download this on heartofmarkness.com and have the whole show for yourself. The sound quality is remarkable, thanks to Michael Millard and the Gems Group who are uh, curating his, uh, his, his analog cassette archives and converting them digitally before they deteriorate and we lose this. So thank you, everybody. Be good to yourselves and each other. And I will be back Thursday with another Led Zeppelin-themed podcast. I do classic rock on the weekends, typically whatever Millard tape is released. And on Thursday is the primary content, which is Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page kind of related content. I don't know what we're going to do Thursday yet. Uh, We will see. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.